Welcome to the RDH Magazine Podcast, an Endeavor Business Media production. This show represents the voice of today's RDH. Like mine. And mine. Like mine. And mine. And mine. And yours. Join us each Tuesday and Thursday as we explore trending topics and go behind the scenes and into the minds of our amazing writers and friends. And now, here's the latest episode with Jackie Sanders. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Jackie Sanders, Chief Editor of RDH Magazine, and today I get to spend some time with a good friend of mine, Kathy Forbes. Hi, Kathy. How are you today? Hi, Jackie. I'm doing just fine. Thanks. Well, first of all, first and foremost, I want to once again congratulate you on being a 2023 Sunstar RDH Award of Distinction recipient. So congratulations on that. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really honored. I'm really honored. Well, it was really fun to see your name come across my desk because I know how long you have supported this industry and how many things you have done for us. And the biggest thing that you focus on is CDT codes. You lecture on it and you actually started a business titled Professional Dental Seminars, speaking just on the codes. Tell me what inspired you to get started on that. Well, I'll make it a real short because I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'd worked in California for a couple of years after I had taught for 12. I just took a break, went to California and I worked in three different offices and they all required me to select the CDT procedure code. Well, I'd been teaching 12 years. I had never even heard of CDT codes. So with the help of the, I mean, I didn't. So with the help of the business staff, I started learning these and learning how insurance companies viewed them. And when I moved back to Washington State, I started back teaching part-time, but I also was temping. In every office I went in, I by chance, just always in my treatment notes, put down the procedure code along with the procedure. And I was having business staff, I was having dentists all asking me, can you teach my hygienist these codes? And I know knew from teaching 12 years, we didn't teach it in the hygiene programs. It's still not taught as often as and as much as it should be, in my opinion, right now. But back then, it wasn't teaching at all. So I thought, well, maybe I'll start doing some training on the CDT codes. And that's how it got started back in 1992, a long time ago. And and I had the very first CDT1 book that I started from, and it's just grown from there. I've had dentists who, who ask interviewees, mm-hmm. hi, Dennis, have you taken Kathy's course? Because yeah. in, in Washington State, where I was doing most of this, and, and they wanted the hygienist to know the CDT code. So that's how it got its start. Yeah. Well, I know that you have worked closely with the ADA and have gotten several codes approved and passed for use by hygienists. And talking earlier before we started recording, we were discussing a little bit about the 1110 Profi Code and how that is being used incorrectly. Do you want to dive into that topic just a little bit more? Ah, yes, I can do that. <laughs> The D1110 has been around for since the beginning, and it's the adult prophylaxis, or called the cleaning, which that term just, I just don't like it. But anyway, adult prophylaxis. And the insurance carriers from the beginning have been reimbursing that at about 100%. Well, there's all the other periodontal codes, which tend to be lumped into another category and aren't paid as well. And sometimes the business staff, sometimes the dentists, 
decide we don't, you know, their insurance won't pay for part of this. So just submit it as an adult profi, even when it isn't. And it's understanding there's a descriptor for the adult profi. You need to be doing what it says. There's other procedure codes that if they fit better, that's what you should be using. And it could be considered a risk management issue if you call it an adult profi when it's actually a periodontal condition. I mean, there's six other codes that can be used for what we typically call a cleaning, but adult profi is what hygienists tend to always submit. I've done some consulting during my career, and unfortunately, there's some offices where the business persons actually change the codes when the hygienist has done a perio code, but when they submit it to the insurance company, they submit it as 1110. And the issue there is the insurance carriers can follow how many times you use an adult profi code Mm -hmm. or a perio code. And we know three out of four patients have some kind of periodontal condition. So that means three out of four of your patients during the day should probably be a periodontal code, not an adult profi. And I find when I go into offices, it's the other way around. Adult profis have been submitted. And it's just, it's difficult for hygienists to, when they put all that effort and all that skill into treating periodontal conditions, and then it's subjected to being just called mm-hmm. an adult profi when it isn't. Well, and you mentioned earlier, and, and I, I did this when I was doing clinical hygiene for that exact reason, because I found some of my codes were being changed. But when you do your documentation and your charting, you can actually add those codes to your oh. notes, just like you Absolutely. said. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that covers you legally. You know, mm-hmm. if, if anybody were to ever come back and, and question you on one thing or another. So I, I know you speak on this extensively. Where could people, and we're not wrapping this yet up yet, but I just want to throw this out there. Where could people reach you, Kathy, to get insight and help on this topic? Well, there's, there's two different places. I am a director of what's called the Dental Codology Consortium. And Patty DeGange started it many years ago. It's her trademark. And she has blessed us directors, there's eight of us, to manage the Facebook page. And we've got almost 2,000 members on the Facebook page now. And I answer a lot of these questions on there, as well as some of the directors are answering questions too. But if anybody has a real specific, if you're a member, you can post the question. And even you can post the question anonymously. We understand that there's things going on out there that hygienists don't want to be upfront. But if you're a member but want to post anonymously, I will answer the question. And there's a lot, if you go back through the the scroll through all the the comments, Mm -hmm. you'll get some really good information. Second of all, you can reach out to me directly. My business email is prodentseminars at gmail.com. So prodentseminars at gmail.com. And if you send your questions to me to that, that email address, I will answer them directly. And I've been around a long time, so I've got quite a network of I don't know an answer because there's over 800 dental procedure codes in the manual. And I I just focus on the, the hygiene ones. But if even you had something about another one like implants, I'm getting more versed in the implant codes. If I don't know the answer, I will refer you to someone who can. Yeah. Well, we started working with, RDH started working with you and Connie Simmons this year, and you guys have written a couple of articles for us in RDH magazine that have been very, very well read and followed. So I know there are a lot of curious hygienists out there, 
And for the hygienists that are running your local components or your state association meetings, Kathy is a wealth of knowledge. If if you can fit into her schedule or get her to your state to help your fellow colleagues out, she just has so much knowledge on this topic. Jumping backwards just a little bit, Kathy, what were the two codes that you pushed through and got approved by the ADA? Well, when I was living in California back in, I think it was 2015, I was appointed to a task force on debridement because the hygienists in the state of California felt that that definition needed to be changed. Because even if you just, there's a title, you've got to follow the rules of the definition. And so they appointed this task force. And when I moved to the state, they heard about me and put me on it. And so we submitted amendments to D4355, mm-hmm. which was the full mouth debridement. And at that time, I suggested, well, what about if we try and resurrect a gingivitis type of code like they used to have decades ago? They had a 4345. But we submitted a definition for scaling in the presence of gingival moderate to severe gingival inflammation, and we submitted it to them. And that particular year, they they rejected the 4355, but they liked the, the gingivitis type code which usually it was submitted every year and rejected this year. They took it and sent it to a subcommittee and they had hygienists and dentists on it and they rewrote, revamped it pretty much the way we had submitted it. And they actually, we created D4346. So that was the first time it initially, yes, over the years, others had submitted it, but the hygienists from California had submitted this definition and a new name and it ultimately became D4346. So it's a nice feather and hygienist cap because we got one through. Absolutely. Later, yeah, later that year, a couple years later, we wanted a change to 4355, full mouth debridement, which if you remember when it was forced written, it was called gross debridement, which who knows what medical terminology gross is. But we got it through with some amendments to the change and Uh, During the code committee meeting, they asked us to work with the representative from the American Academy of Periodontology, Dr. Marie Schreinbotten, at the break and come up with, because we were discussing things we we wanted to change. And they basically said, go out to break and come back with a consensus. And so I went out with a couple other hygienists from the consortium and Dr. Marie, and we knocked it out and came back with a common language. And so it was the first time a hygienist worked with a CM code maintenance committee member to get a code through. So that's how 4355 has been evolving. So we're pretty proud of that. You you should be very (laughs) proud of that. And, And myself and many of my colleagues are thankful for the time you put into that. So to our fellow hygienists that are out there listening, if you do not know all of the perio codes that are out there that you could be using, and you're looking for ways to empower and present the importance of the role you play in that dental office, start using your perio codes, start including them in your notes, start letting people know that not every patient is an 1110, and bring that perio presence into your practice through your coding that you are using. So we've gone over, Kathy, but I don't care. This is a very valuable topic. Do you have any parting words for our hygienists that are listening to us today? Probably the parting word is to 
Think of your patients. What care is in the best interest of your patients? What is the best procedure based on the codes and their description? And stick to your guns in terms of that's the code that needs to go be submitted to an insurance carrier or for those like me who don't even have dental insurance, just be able to explain you know, what procedure is being done. When you add those perio codes and the descriptor and explain it to your patients, they will appreciate that they are not just a cleaning, but they have more important procedures that need to be done and you're the, the expert that, that will be doing that. Absolutely. Well, I know you are a very busy woman. You've got a lot of fires going on right now and you need to get those all taken care of. But thank you for sharing your wealth and knowledge with us today, Kathy. I really, really do appreciate it. Once again, congratulations on the Sunstar RDH Award of Distinction. And to all of our listeners, you're most welcome. And to all of our listeners, thank you for spending this time with us today on how you can empower yourself through dental codes. Have a great day, everybody, and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of RDH Magazine Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this interview. Hit that subscribe button and join us next Thursday for another conversation with Jackie Sanders. Find us on social media, visit our website, and sign up for one of our amazing newsletters to keep up to date with your profession. Hygienists come for the education, but stay for the community. See you next time. Thank you.